Welcome back to the On Growth Podcast from Kickoff Labs. I'm your host, Josh Ledgard. Today's guest, Melissa Moran's first attempt at a Kickstarter campaign for her company, Swingly Toys, failed. After that, she started engaging with her customers online and built a pre-launch waitlist with Kickoff Labs. This waitlist helped drive her second attempt on to be successfully funded on Kickstarter with over $17,000 raised. It got her a much larger email list that's now the lifeblood of her online store. I love her brand, her story, and how they've taken lessons learned from their waitlist campaign into their audience growth strategy today. Give it a listen, and don't forget to subscribe to the On Growth Podcast on your platform of choice. All right. I've heard the Zoom robot voice say the recording is in progress. So uh, thanks for joining me today. I am here with uh, Melissa Moran from Swingly Toys. And they launched a waitlist on Kickoff Labs and then turned that into a Kickstarter campaign and turned that into a store online. And I would like to talk to Melissa about how she did that and what they achieved at each step. So first of all, uh, thanks for being on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's It's been a whirlwind since we started off with Kickoff Labs. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go back a little bit before that first. So can you tell people a bit about yourself, like like your background? Do you have like a marketing background? Do you have a technical background? People just like to know like a little bit about like where where you're where you came from to get to the point where you need, wanted to have a wait list for something. Yep. So I um, have been been working in marketing, particularly in brand development and product development for about almost 20 years, working with large Fortune 500 companies. Um, And it was really during the pandemic that I realized that I needed a new product, especially for my kids. That's really where Swingly Toys came through. Um, But I had been really developing brands and products for 20 plus years before I started my idea. Um, so have a little bit of background in in brand development as well as um, uh, product development. Okay, so that explains when I was looking at your site and <laughs> the pages you you created. One of my first things I thought was like, I really like this brand. Um, oh, there's something you. about the logo and the text you used on the pages and the images you used, where I said whoever did this really knew like how to create a brand. So that totally explains it. Like I feel like. Oh. <laughs> Um, that is I, so awesome. Thank yeah, you. and we'll show people in the we'll show people in the notes uh, and uh, and on the recording if they're watching a, an online version of it um, the examples of the pages I'm talking about. But just it's hard to describe the the visions from the logo to the kids playing to the color palette. Like it all like spoke like in a unified voice about what your brand was. And thank you so much for saying that. I mean, coming from corporate and being always in that mindset, and there's always someone sort of approving your work. Being an entrepreneur was a whole new experience for myself and and being able to convey what I feel the brand will do for parents, for kids, inspire creativity really means so much to 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 hear these words um, from people and, and not only yourself, but other parents as well. So we're, we're really proud of what we've done with Swingly and, I've, and we've done it all from scratch. Um, and I keep we, but it's me and and so many people have come out to really help me and support me and have many mentors along the way as well. Great. So you were working and developing these brands for other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what inspired you? Uh, first, tell us what Swingly is, like the initial product, and then what inspired you to say, this is where I'm going to step out and do something on my own with this product. 
Yep. Um, so our Slingly storefronts are basically a modern take on the traditional playhouses. So we all grew up, I, I was born in 1980. So I grew up with these big playhouses with the plastic sticks. Mm-hmm. Then fast forward when my kids were born, there was a lot of like the tents were very popular, but everything was so big and large. And so I wanted to condense that, remove the clutter, but still keep the fun for the kids. So it's basically a playhouse that sits right on a doorway. Um, Mm -hmm. You can also hang it on a closet, but it keeps the imagination going, but kind of removing that clutter for parents. Yeah. And obviously like you were, the version of the signup page I looked at um, talked about like you, and just so people can hear the headlines, like the space saving doorway playhouse, which I love is like a main headline because you just explain it right away. And there's an image of the playhouse hanging in the door. Um, and then the very first thing you the next two things you say in the headlines are bye-bye clutter set up as a breeze, beautifully illustrated, uh, inspires creativity. And you go on, uh, you go on from there. And so I think that's a great, um, explanation, uh, explanation for what it was. And, and I'm with you. Like I grew up the same plastic, <laughs> same generation grew up with those plastic playhouses. Yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, I've got a, a, a now a 12 and, uh, and 10 year old, and we had the huge tents and like yeah. the house was filled with tents and yeah. like tunnels going everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. it takes up a lot of space and that, you know, you never want to bother taking it all down and packing it away and putting it back up. And so, um, I totally, I totally see the need uh, for, for the product you're building. Okay. So you, you had the concept, you Mm -hmm. had an idea. What did you do next? So the pandemic happened. And so it is 2020. I had thought of this idea, but in very much in passing and then the pandemic hit. And then I, me and my husband were here with our kids. Our kids were then, oh my gosh, six and eight. And mm-hmm. so you can imagine we're tr- doing everything we can to keep them occupied. And all I kept thinking was, I wish I had the storefront for them to play with. We had every toy outside. We had our tents out there, our playhouses. And of mm-hmm. course, when you take it down, they want to play with it again. Um, and my kids have always grown sort of to be like little mini entrepreneurs. They love playing ha- you know, restaurant and shop. But there really was nothing in the market that was really exploring these entrepreneurial play settings. Mm-hmm. There was no cute houses, but nothing like we're offering today, which is our farmer's market, our taco stand, you know, our tea house, things mm-hmm. that can let them explore these sort of entrepreneurial play settings and, and learn a little bit more about how to be entrepreneurial. Um, so fast forward, the idea came, We I started working with an illustrator, an amazing illustrator who... Um, is Isabel Cerna from Black Lamb Studio. She hand draws all of the illustrations, then she vectorizes it and makes them into actual digital art. And then we came up with four different playhouse or uh, storefronts, which my kids helped me design all of the themes and all of the the cute little um, sort of illustrations and and, and even the accessories that come along Mm -hmm. with it. We found a supplier and then we knew that we needed funds. And so that's when Kickoff Labs and, and Kickstarter came into the picture for us to really build our campaign um, and be successful towards the end. So can you tell me how you discovered uh, our product, Kickoff Labs? Okay, so I had was using a different platform for a landing page, and it was ter- it was a terrible user interface. I am not a techie. I'm not a web designer. I didn't have the funds to hire a web designer mm-hmm. as a startup. And I was getting very frustrated with the aesthetics. As you know, you know, building a brand, you want to make sure you, you bring mom in and that she trusts your brand and, and it's able to, to relate to your brand. Mm-hmm. So that look and feel was very important for me, but I just was not able to do this freely in this other platform. 
I was Googling around landing pages and I just came across kickoff labs and I did the free trial and fell in love, especially with the UX. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this other um, component of the, the contest and the emails, and it made it very easy for people to share my project, get other folks excited about it, um, and then kind of snowball that effect to get, you know, now we're up to almost 3000 subscribers on our email list. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing. Can you, uh, so where I think I want to fill in the gap now for, for, uh, for other users of kickoff labs is, you know, you set up the page, you like set the experience setting the page, you, um, and you've got that up. Um, you've got these great images, you've got the, the brand and everything going. Um, how did you get the word out? How did you go from, um, from zero to, you know, the first hundred, 200, 500 subscribers? And that's, cause that's where people struggle the most. I feel like is how they do that initial push to get the first, you know, beyond your best friends signing up. Like what do you do beyond your friends to get them to, to get other people to sign up? So we did do a mixture of just organic reach outs, you know, be friends, family. Um, we did a lot of um, research also within Facebook groups, um, targeting mom groups, other, I was part of this like mom boss group where I posted the idea of like, hey, do you guys think this is a great idea? And we had over 200 comments just on that post. So mm-hmm. then that's when we started to begin to share our, our kickoff lab. Um, web page and parents learning more about it. We also did a combination of Facebook ads, which we did um, lead generation to get us um, to the landing page, but then they would um, provide us their email address and, and find out mm-hmm. more about what they were learning. But again, very limited funds. So a lot of it mm-hmm. had to be sort of organic mining of, of folks that, or parents that would be interested in our product. So can I paraphrase that correctly as you discovered where your customers were hiding out online in your case, mm-hmm. these mom groups on Facebook, yep. you were maybe part of a couple of the groups already. And you yep. also went into some of the other groups and you started or engaged people in discussions in those areas. Yes. Cause some of those groups, you really have to be kind of a little bit careful because they'll kick you out if you just promote, yep. but it was mostly a lot of the time. I wasn't really even there to fish for emails. I was really there to get parents opinions of stuff like, Hey, yep. I have this idea. Like, what do you think? Cause our original product actually had a hanging rod, like an actual, like, if you imagine like a, like a rod for your bathroom to hang mm-hmm. up. And it just became it would me as as a manufacturer, I was like, it's gonna be hard to ship. But for parents, like, well, what if it falls down? Like I could hit bump yep. hits on the head. So then what's will we switch over to our Velcro hanging strip, which was a game changer, not only for shipping, but also for the ease of, of setting up the product. So that's really how we find our way through these Facebook groups to get people interested in the product. Oh, that's uh that's that's perfect. I'm looking at like I'm the page, the version of the page I'm looking at has I think the early version because I can see the hanging rod. Yes. Um yes. and I can imagine. Uh, and as soon as you just said that, I was like, oh yeah, those kids are just going to yank it. And what yeah. if it comes down and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. hold up. So you did exactly what I tell people to do, which is all the time people say, well, like, well, I don't want to get kicked out of a face group for promoting. And I, and I say, well, think about it this way. Like, you know, you, A, should be having a conversation with customers anyway. Mm-hmm. B, yep. you, you have an idea. And if you're at the, if you're, at the stage where you're trying to validate the idea, you want their feedback on the idea. So you are genuinely posting and saying, I want the idea and I'd love your feedback because presumably they might have something useful to offer. And this is the perfect example. Like people looked at it and they said, well, what about my kid pulling on that and it coming down? And you were able to make a change before you had something to ship in the store um, or you were mass producing, you know, producing more of them, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really being in that testing mentality where you can tweak and knowing your consumer and their needs. That's really where we found a lot of success. I mean, we even asked our, our, these Facebook mom groups, I had different packaging, like just, it was a, it's a poly bag that we ship our storefronts in, but even just a design, like which one is more appealing and just, and people always want to help a startup. They yep. want to help an entrepreneur. So they want to be able to be part of that development process. And that's another way that I got consumers or moms to sort of join our, our, our mission, right? Yep. So within the Facebook ads, we also had an opportunity for folks to put in a dollar to reserve their spot like mm -hmm. in our Kickstarter, which gave them exclusive access, not only to early Kickstarter, but also to our exclusive Facebook group. So I created our own Facebook group. Well, yep. then it was more like, hey, come in this group. And then in that group, I got very, very detailed about the things that I was doing, but it created this sort of tribe and community, which then in turn has become now, they've become like our, my biggest influencers, mm -hmm. my biggest promoters of the product. Absolutely. So I saw on, uh, I saw in some of the, um, the, you'd had different variations of what happened after people signed up. And it looked like at one point I was going to ask the question you were running, getting people to join this VIP group. So yeah. is that what that was at that point? Cause it said like you can reserve or get exclusive access to VIP group. So you were, once somebody signed up, you took that engagement and you were asking them to pay a dollar to get access to this private group. Yep. Presumably then those are your most engaged people because they're willing to like put up something to be in this, in this group. Correct. Yeah. And that, and that dollar reservation, I mean, we, we didn't try, we couldn't transfer it to Kickstarter, but we donated to a local charity that um, actually does uh, sponsors creative programs for underprivileged youth. So mm -hmm. we were, it was, we were, it was almost to like, it's not just a dollar for a dollar. It's really to, we always wanted to give back to community. Mm -hmm. So um, and within that group, I mean, I got a ton, a ton of feedback on, look guys, this is the, the these are the, the colors, this is the way they're coming out. We got a mm -hmm. ton of updates. So we were really able to get engaged and they were able to be part of the product uh, of the, of the process. And then they were, they, the, the people in the group themselves were inviting other friends and family to join and sort of get, get the word mm -hmm. out about, about the, our campaign. And were you doing similar things on Instagram? So when I looked at your campaign yep. stats, the thing I noticed is you had um, a really large chunk of people, as you're describing, came from Facebook, mm -hmm. and then probably about half as many people, but another large chunk in the campaign came from Instagram. So can you tell me yep. about how you were promoting and engaging people on Instagram? Yeah, so we need to find different avenues to find different customers, right? I mean, there's different, different people hang out in Facebook, different people hang out on Instagram, but with Kickstarter and my target, a mom doesn't really typically shop on Kickstarter. She's yep. not very aware of that. So I knew that I had to educate her. So on Instagram, we took a lot of time to do a lot of stories. We took a lot of posts just to educate her and for her to trust us and build that relationship that, hey, it, that we we were one, a brand that she could trust and two, deliver our product when we were going, when we say we would. So with parents, as you know, it's all about trust building. Mm -hmm. um, if a parent doesn't trust you, they're not going to buy that product from you. Tell me, so you, you, you do this engagement, you're mm -hmm. building up a list, you've got both kind of a broader list and then now a VIP list, and you're setting up uh, the Kickstarter campaign which has its own requirements that you have to do a video. Uh, mm -hmm. looks like you guys put together like a 20 minute video for stuff. Um, <laughs> and so tell me, what was that process like setting up the Kickstarter? Oh, I mean, it took us such a long time to set up that, that Kickstarter campaign. It was months and months and months. Um, before that, I had 
now my background, I, I, I've been developing products and brands for many, many years. So I, for, I developed a, a, a first campaign in February of 2021. And I did not make my goal. I was not, I, I did, that wasn't, I didn't have kickoff laugh involved. That was just me. And I was like, mm -hmm. I've done this for years. How could this is, this seems like fine, mm -hmm. but I, it's a whole other ball game. So after that fail campaign was because one, I didn't educate my customer. I didn't know where she hung out. Like there was the thing with the, the rod that could have been an issue. And then the price point, because I was making these in the U S I also learned through research with the mom group that things are, it's not a very high part if it's made in the U S or not for mm -hmm. them choice. So then, um, I decided to put a pause on it, but I knew the idea was still good. Mm -hmm. So from February all the way till probably um, late August when we launched a campaign or mid-August is when we were working really to set up not only the pre-campaign, but then work through the page. We did, we shot videos, we shot photography. I mean, everything to, to emulate what the product would be like, because I was working with prototypes then. Um, they were working prototypes, but we we're some of them were like piece mealing some of the prototypes together to show at least what the product looked like. We had some full working ones, but not all of the playhouses were ready to be to be sewn at the time. Okay, so you had this failed campaign. You uh, then kind of regrouped. That's where you started doing the the pre campaign on Kickoff Labs, and you were able to to relaunch the Kickstarter campaign. How? Aside from doing the, the, the pre-campaign is probably part of it. So you had a list to email for the new one already yeah. when it launched. Um, people always ask me if you have, if you understand like how, what percentage of people that you've been in touch with previously were then funders of the Kickstarter campaign. So if you had a contact with them, do you know how many participated then in the Kickstarter campaign? Um, so I, I, I estimated myself because of the way that they engage with our email list that about 10% from my email list would convert to, to, um, mm -hmm. to backers. And it was pretty darn close. I mean, with between if the dollar reservation, it's probably about 30% that will come back, right? Cause they actually already put, took their wallet out for you. Mm -hmm. And then another 10% would come from my email list. So I think my estimation in my mind of my numbers was like, I, was going to raise 17,500. That was my, in my mind, like based on my email list, my dollar reservations, mm -hmm. and just general engagement. At the end of the day, my campaign, I think closed at 17,757 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it was really close. So the estimate I felt that, that to me was, was pretty telling of, of, of the, of how I estimated the numbers. So I, it was about 10% that I figured would come from my email list. My first campaign, I didn't have very many. I, I, I think I had, I think I maybe had like 2000 maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and then with kickoff labs, we were able to grow like another thousand or so. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. I see the final, final number it said on, on Kickstarter was uh, $17,754 of your yeah. $15,000 or $15,000 goal. Uh, yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, was that the money that was that, uh, of the goal you had, was that, um, uh, just a proof point for you? Was that the money that was required to do like a minimum shipment of what you were doing? How did you come up with determining what, how much money you wanted to raise on Kickstarter? 
It was really both. I mean, but really the money was all going towards building that first inventory and being able to bring these products home for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really what I needed. Um, and then the extra was just extra. But then since then, I have to, I have to say, even now talking to retailers, we've had some um, calls with some investors as well. Knowing that we were able to successfully launch a Kickstarter campaign is a huge proof of concept. Mm -hmm. I think it, people know how hard it is to launch a campaign, yep. all these struggles, especially if you're trying to target a mom, you know, because she doesn't, she's not the typical Kickstarter um, target market. And it's really opened up a lot of doors for us knowing um, that we've been able to have that proof of concept early on in the product life cycle. Tell me about how you transitioned. You had the Kickstarter, you ran that, um, and you guys ended up shipping. Uh, you you did successfully ship all those for Christmas. Yes, right? we did. Yep. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Um, and then that was this past Christmas. And so yep. since then, now you have, it looks like there's a storefront where I can go and I can buy them here directly on the store. Yep. Um, what platform did you use for the storefront? So right now we migrated into Shopify. Um, it okay. is an e-commerce platform and there's just a lot of companies that work within it. Um, and they, uh, our, our fulfillment center that we were working with then also was able to migrate into Shopify. So there was a lot of connections or integrations that we took advantage of. Um, and it's, and again, I, I built that site from scratch again, as, as an entrepreneur, you don't want to spend too much time mm -hmm you know, do research or spending money uh, where you could do a lot of things for yourself. So we, that we've been successfully able to transfer over to Shopify. Um, and then has the email list you collected before have some of those people who maybe didn't back the Kickstarter once there was a product you could immediately buy, did more of those people convert from the email list into yeah, customers? Absolutely. absolutely. Every time we send out an email, we send out emails tw uh, two to three times a week. And from everyone, we always get someone to purchase a new product or a returning customer purchasing now for a friend or a gift. Um, but yes, our email list is our is our prized possession for sure. It, it, that's great to hear because it's it's also a common thing where people say like, you know, hey, what about the people who don't convert right away? Do they convert later? And I think that seems fairly common that there is a segment of people who no matter how much education you do, they're not gonna trust a Kickstarter. Yep. But like once the product is available, they're waiting for that moment and then they, they do it. And then you said something else, uh, which really resonated, which was that anytime you send out an email, you're seeing purchases. Um, and that the email, I think you said is still the lifeblood of your, uh, of your purchases. For sure. I mean, they are our cheerleaders. They're the ones that have been with us from the very beginning. Um, and we do, and we take care of them. We give them exclusive discounts, early access to things that we're doing, early access to our blogs, for our free downloads. We ask for their opinions constantly. It's something, it's, it's a relationship that you're building. Imagine like people are already showing you interest. They're already giving you a way to contact them. So the best way to keep that relationship going is to continue communications with them. Um, and you know, I, I struggle with how to write emails before, but if you just write them from the heart and write them to create mm -hmm. a relationship, it comes very easily. So I wanted to ask about that. And I'm glad you mentioned the, mm -hmm. the downloads as something that's, uh, yep. that's there. I noticed on your campaign, when I was looking at the campaign, you guys eventually set up a, um, a, a landing page, which was you called the activity center. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and on the activity center, you had a place for people to click and download. It looks like coloring pages, um, an actual like printable doorway, 
um, a bingo game, and then some other kind of like activities. Uh, what was the idea behind putting this up? Um, yeah, so spreading credit, um, creativity and, and our mission to do that is not only about playing with our toys because our our storefront is really meant to complement all the toys that you already have like they if you have play fruit and veggies like they go well with that so it's not a standalone toy mm -hmm. but we know it goes beyond that like my kids love coloring they love printing things out that bingo game anything to keep really the creativity going and we continue to partner with other collaborators especially in artists other folks that we find on Etsy. We love to promote also creativity within adults and help them promote their businesses. So we continue that collaboration um, uh, to this day. Were you asking people at the time to, uh, before the launch to download these things? Um, yeah. Was this set up as part of the, when they, when they joined the email, you'd eventually refer them to the, to the activity download center. Correct. Mm -hmm. And then they could have, you know, free downloads, coloring pages. I mean, it was still, still during the pandemic. So parents were looking for anything Absolutely. that we could keep them <laughs> occupied. Um, so it worked out really well. And, and a lot of our artists, the, par the partners that we collaborated with really appreciated the exposure as well. And we just love their art as well no that's a that's a great tool because people another thing that people often ask is you know you know they're worried about setting up the waitlist because they say well how long do i have to keep this email list engaged or how do i keep that email list engaged if it's longer than like a couple of weeks before the product comes out and you know i, I say like well if you've got other things that help them solve the problem in the meantime you can give them for free whether it's just educational whether it's videos like you can share those or and and in this case it's perfect you're basically like I, I love I love the concept. You're almost like you phrased it as like you're giving away some accessories to go with it because you yeah. know your main product is obviously something that kids are gonna be trading toy food. They're gonna be right. like you know going in and out. They're gonna have costumes. They're gonna have like play, yeah. playing other games around it. Um, and so to be giving those parts away for free is sort of like you know teasing the main product is a great uh, is a great thing. And you're doing that to this day then with the store. Absolutely, yeah. So we're expanding. So we'll do we're expanding into a blog as well. But the download center is there all the time for parents to get um, free printables now. Um, more coloring pages. We're trying to add a couple more games, or we're doing some other collaborations. Um, so if anybody out there is an, an artist that would love to do a, a kids game or anything, contact mm -hmm. me. I'd love to have you on our site. Um, but we do get a lot of traffic there. We're also here to help moms, like make it easier for her to inspire creativity mm -hmm. and play um, for their kiddos as well. How do you guys focus on driving traffic to your store today? It's a little bit off topic of the launch, but it's something that uh, mm -hmm. that I know people are curious about is once they do have the store, like what are you doing today to keep people engaged, not just in the email list you have, but to keep traffic coming to the store so you can keep growing that audience? Emails are number one. Um, social is the next. Again, the, the we I think it's super helpful to know where she or he or your target hangs out. Um, we're very much um, very active on on uh, on uh, Instagram. We just started being a lot a lot more active on Pinterest because we do know moms also hang there to find ways to keep kids creative. We are starting to look into TikTok and seeing how that platform might help us inspire some creativity. But our core our core still remains to be Instagram. We mm -hmm. do run a couple of ads, but really we're testing everything because ad conversion right now on social is becoming a little bit more expensive and it changes yep. every day. All of you these new algorithms and all these new rules, especially privacy laws. Um, but we're just now really starting to focus on SEO optimization and then uh, Google ads because organically we've just seen people are just finding us on Google. Yep. And so in order to make that e 
easier for, for parents who are trying to optimize our SEO. Yeah. Anything that like these downloadable activities, like, I don't know how many different coloring pages I've searched for and printed out in the last 10 yeah, years, yes. but I've searched for and printed out like any source for them. I'm, I'm sourcing agnostic. Like I, you find it and you're like, yes, I will give you my email address. Just give me yes. these, these downloads so I can print them out. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I think that's a great, I think this, this is a great, one, a great strategy to have the SEO behind the, the, mm -hmm. you know, activity center behind the blog posts behind like creative activities. Cause I, I, I hear you like just searching for those things is kind of one yeah. of the, one of the jobs of parenting. <laughs> I know. And, and, you know, like every, and everybody loves me on Instagram, especially parents. And the last blog post we did was like top five pretend play toys. But every time I go on Instagram, I see these influencers, these cute little wooden toys. So I reached out to some of them, like, what are these? And we put them all in one blog post where parents can find them right away instead of digging through the internet, trying to find cute block telephone, you know? Yeah. So um, we, we try to create content that our target is going to find useful and, um, and share it with others. That was our hope. Cool. And I, I'll point out. I think the uh, the other thing that I liked about the messaging that you that you guys had is it it speaks really well to the to the mom. I mean, you talk about like the inspiring creativity, but also the need like the goal of like reducing clutter and just saying like you know, especially like, as you said, like early where you were in the in the pandemic, yes. like with the kids not being in school. I was like, wow, it's like the tornado hit my house every day. <laughs> like, yeah. How do I reduce the tornado? And so, um, but you, you hit on that, that need. And so you were speaking, not just about the, you know, the, like the reasons to, you know, it is a reason to have the product, but a lot of people get caught up in like the benefits of the actual product saying the product does this, does that, does that, but they don't think about the benefits to the person. And you did a great job thinking about the benefits to your customer of like, you will be the one inspiring the creativity. You will be the one removing the clutter. Like you're turning them into a superhuman, like a, like a, like a superhero um, mm -hmm. in a sense. And, I, and that was the other thing I really liked about your branding is the way you spoke to your customer in a way that made them feel looking at it like, oh, this is going to turn me into a superhero. Um, you know, I think maybe it's just the, the mom guilt in all of us, you know, you're like, I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm a working mom, like I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm trying to be a better parent. And so enabling us to help her to be that by offering a product that one can reduce clutter in her house, so she's not having to clean more, mm -hmm. but then also help her child become more creative, more a better, a critical thinker, you know, all those things that were important for us to share, because we almost had two different targets, right? The user, the child, yep. how do we get him or her to love this product and play with it? And then mom, right? How do we make it easier for her um, and for her to see the benefits of not just, this is not just another toy that's going to take up more room in her house when everybody's doing taekwondo homework working <laughs> everything in the home yeah. i was watching my kids doing it in a pandemic like having nightmares about both of them doing online gym class at the same time oh, no, <laughs> believe like... me like I, I i remember the pandemic like i went into my son's room because i you know he's like he's like six he was in kindergarten and i'm like you know you gotta settle down you have to sit at the desk and then i shut the door i went back in i'm like jack i told you you need to sit he's like i'm doing pe i'm like oh i'm Sorry. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. Like, I'll just back out slowly and let you keep I'm like, doing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Keep on with the jumping jacks. <laughs> so it was just, it's just a time that I, I, I love to pick their brains twenty years from now and just like 
get what did you think of those times back then? What do you remember? Absolutely. Um, I want to be uh, uh, careful with the time and I want to give you an opportunity to, um, is there something advice you would give if there's somebody else in your situation who is maybe they've got an idea, maybe they've taken it to the next step, they have a prototype and they're thinking about putting together an email list or you know starting to grow an audience. Is there something that you would tell them or advice we haven't covered yet? Um, or you would want to reiterate and say like, this is really important for you. I always talk about these three things and people ask me all the time, right? The three things that I've learned from just doing this from the beginning was one, just know your target, right? I, my, there, you could spend a lot of money and waste a lot of money if you don't know your target, especially how to speak to him or her, like where do they shop, learn everything about them. Cause that'll make it easier even to just write copy. So know mm -hmm. them inside out. Something that it took me a long time to get here, you know, from this corporate mentality I used to have is have a testing mentality, like get out there and test things, test different messages. You saw I tested a clutter free message and then this entrepreneurial message. Go ahead and test things like it's OK to test and, and fail at them and then just retest again. Mm -hmm. We're not Nike. If it doesn't work, just take it down and start over again. Yeah. And really, it doesn't have to be perfect. I've always been told like done is better than perfect. And that's yep. something that I, I struggle with even today, but it's something that's always on my mind. And then the third one is really is the, is the email list and continue to build a relationship with your tribe. Like no matter what, even if you have 10 people on that, on that list, build a relationship because those 10 people will then tell 10 more people and then 10 more people, very similar to sort of like the kickoff lab contest, how those work. Yep. But really, it really is that, that engaging and keeping them, um, you know, build and continue to build that relationship with them. Cool. Um, thanks again for your time today. Um, and I want to give you one more opportunity. So if people want to, uh, if people want to either learn more about you, get in touch with you or, or Swingly Toys, where can they find you and where should they go? So you can definitely visit our website, which is um, www.slinglytoys.com. You can find us on Instagram at, at slinglytoys, and you can direct message me there, or you can drop us an email at hello at slinglytoys.com. Great. I encourage everyone to do that. Um, it's, a, it's a great site. You guys can learn a lot from this interview. Um, and take a look at the show notes afterwards. And when you're subscribing to this podcast, take a look at the show notes and um, for a look at everything uh, that went along with the campaign so you can uh, follow along with some of these best practices. Mm -hmm.